Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. I want you to all go over to Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going to begin tonight in verse 3. We, we're in the midst of a series. There's just no way that you can tackle a subject matter in one service. And really, we're just hitting the high spots, even though we're doing three services on this subject. We've been talking about speaking words of power. Speaking words of power. And we have defined what it means to speak words that create. They are spoken words that release heavenly power to create. And that's how God's will is created in the believer's life. It's by you and I speaking words of power. Too many church-going folks, good folks, sincere folks, saved folks, think God's just doing everything for them, and they just have to sit like uh, underneath a cherry tree and just open their mouth every once in a while, and a cherry will drop in their mouth. But that's not how the kingdom of God works. You've got to receive it yourself. He's given it, yes, but there has to be a receiver. Now, we're going to see words of power here in Hebrews 11:3, and the world, or could I say the universe, as some translations say, were created by God speaking a single word of power, actually two, but look at this. It says that by faith, and this is the mechanism in which we speak words of power, we understand that the universe, now King James says the worlds, plural, they were created by the word of God. So understand that words of power will always be encompassed into the, with the word of God. Did you see that? And I'm talking about creating God's will. I'm not talking about the opposite of that. I mean, you just speaking contrary to God will create the opposite of what God has for you. Amen? But words of power that we're speaking to create God's will will have the word of God. Because the word of God is a seed that contains the life to reproduce itself. He says that the universe was created by the word of God so that that which is seen not was made out of those things which are visible. And so the entire universe was created by God speaking light be. And I, I want us to embrace this. When we begin hearing principles of God, sometimes we don't put ourselves in the same position that the people who are demonstrating words of power to us are in. We say, well, that was God, you know, he just spoke and, and light was. But you've got to understand that he was looking at darkness. He was looking at that which was void of any life. That's why it was dark. And that darkness was screaming at him. You can't change. You can't change that which is dark. Trying to get God to walk by what he could see. 
And you understand that when he spoke light be, he had to speak exactly the opposite of what he saw, exactly opposite of what he was experiencing, and the logic that was coming to him in what he was seeing. And you and I have to get used to speaking contrary to what our senses and most importantly, what our feelings are endeavoring to dictate to us. See, he spoke a word of power, light, be. That word be is talking about be created, exist, now. And darkness and that which was void of light had to bow its knee to his creative power that he spoke from his heart to that which was contrary to what he was saying. Amen. And you and I have to get to that place that we become comfortable in saying, I don't have pain when our body is telling us we have pain. We got to get used to doing that. And deny the right of what we're experiencing that contradicts what God has provided for us and speak to it. Surely he hath bore our griefs, sicknesses, and carried our sorrows. That word, that Hebrew word that's translated as sorrows means pains. He took it on the cross. Amen? So why should I bear it? Hallelujah. Well, we're kind of taking a side journey there, aren't we? So all that you and I are experiencing in this seen realm, that which is physical, was created from the realm that can't be seen, the spiritual realm, with words of power. Now, let me say this boldly and loud and clear. Every believer can and should be speaking words of power in their life. Many circumstances in the Christian's life are unchallenged. It's an enemy taking ground in which the ground is not defended. Hallelujah. And so every one of us can speak words of power that will create God's will in our life. Now, there's just two simple steps. God made it that way because he has to deal with people like me. There's just two simple steps to speak words that create God's will. Just two steps. I can do two steps. Can you do two steps? Can you do the two-step? I mean, can you? (laughs) Amen. Here's step number one. You already know the answer to this. Sow the word of God in your heart. Sow. Sow. S-O-W. That's because God's word is a seed. Hallelujah. Step number one, get the word of God in your heart. No farmer expects a harvest in his field in which he hasn't sown seed into it. Yet we Christians are expecting God to do this, do that, and we got no seed in the ground. And we're wondering, why aren't you doing anything, God? And he's going, well, (laughs) there are laws that operate my kingdom in which you live. (laughs) 
And one of the spiritual laws of this kingdom is you have to sow a spiritual seed to get a harvest. Start thinking like a farmer. And I know that's difficult for many of us because that, that trade of being a farmer is becoming less and less in the world, or at least in America, let's say it that way. And uh, understand that if you have a need in your life, the first thing that you and I should think about, what seed from the Word of God do I need to create the harvest that I have a desire for? See, Christians have been, have been brainwashed thinking that all you have to do is pray and God will respond. <laughs> now, I'm not belittling prayer, but you've got to pray correctly. And praying correctly begins with having a word seed. Amen. Remember, it's the word that has the power within itself to create what you need. So get the correct seed. Hallelujah. Now, so sow the word. So you've got to get the word in you, in that spiritual place from where you can release it. Now, Romans 10, 17 says that faith and Understand that faith is, synonymous, is, is the same as the Word of God. Because it says here that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You can't have faith without the Word, and you can't have the Word without having faith. So sometimes in Scripture, you'll get a, a better meaning from the Word is if you'll substitute the word faith for the Word of God. Did, did you get that? Substitute the word faith for the word of God. So faith in Romans 10, 17 comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So understand that when you hear God's word with your natural outer ears, you also have to hear it with your inner ears. Your spirit has ears, your spirit has eyes. Remember, he says, he says, he says, don't look at things which are seen, but look at things which are unseen. You can't see unseen things with your outer eyes. You can only see it with your inner eyes, with your spirit. And that's why when we read the Bible, we need to see it and hear it with our spirit and not necessarily with our mind. So the word of God is sown in our hearts by hearing the word of God. So we're discussing step number one. You've got to get the word of God in your heart. Go to Luke chapter 8, verse 11. This is where we ended up last week. Luke 8, 11. And this is the parable of the sower. I normally use Mark chapter 4, but somehow the Lord said, come on over here to Luke. Luke 8, 11. Now the parable is this. So he's explaining the parable of the sower to his disciples. He said the seed is what? The word of God. All through scripture, you'll see continuity. It'll refer to the word with certain or, or different natural things that we can relate to. 
like it'll tell us that the word of God is a sword. It'll tell us that the word of God here is a seed. And when you start to understand a sword and what it does and you understand what a seed does, you begin getting a natural word picture of that which you can't see with your physical eyes. And you start seeing that with your spirit. And he says that the seed is the word of God. Remember, we defined a seed is that which has the power to reproduce itself. So I have to find the particular word seed that will pr produce that same thing in my life. If I, if I want to be born again, if I need salvation, I don't go to healing scriptures. Amen. If there's a weakness or an area in your life that you're unsatisfied with, you, number one, first have to get the word of God sown into your heart. And that's a process. I wish I could tell you it's, you know, just do it and it's done. It, it's a process because the word has to work its way through this filter of our mind. Amen. Amen. Get down to that place where you believe it. And then he begins to talk about different ground types. Now, don't get thrown off with this parable saying, oh, I'm a stony heart. Oh, bummer. No, we choose what heart we have. Amen. Come on. We choose which heart we have. Yes, sir. yes I, I had a stony ground heart in terms of hearing scriptures about salvation before I was saved. Yeah. Come on. But I changed it. Hallelujah. Amen. I choose my heart. Amen. Because the soil type has to do with believing or not believing. Or only believing for a short amount of time. The good heart is the one that believes and hangs in there until the harvest manifests. That's the only difference between these soil types. Each soil type is hearing the word. But they get caught up up here. In the mind. And we're not responding to that word from down here in the heart. Here we go. So... This is what I want us to see. Verse 12. Those by the wayside, and that's a soil type that this individual, this example, chose to be. They hear, but then comes our enemy. Who's our enemy? The devil, Satan, Lucifer, the thief, the deceiver, the accuser of the brethren. He comes and takes away the word out of the hearts. Now understand that he can't do that according to his will. He has to confuse us so we willingly give it up. Yes. See, the devil's not the hot rod. He keeps telling you that he is. He's, he's, he's toothless. <laughs> Jesus pulled all his teeth. He pulled his authority, took it away from him. And now he is limited. If he had any power at all, he wouldn't have to use deception. He just come run you over, but he can't. He has to get you to act against yourself through deception. Hallelujah. That's why we renew our mind. That's why we come to church. And that's why so many people have trouble out there who are Christians, but they don't have a regular supply of hearing the word of God. So it says here that he taketh away the, uh, the word out of their hearts 
or if it had stayed there, they would have activated that word and they would have been saved. So notice it says that the word of God is the seed. Amen. Where is it sown? In their heart. How does it get in their heart? By hearing. And remember we said this last time, the voice your heart needs to hear speaking the word is you. You're speaking, the, you're, you're listening to me speaking the word of God tonight, so you're getting information, but that doesn't necessarily, that necessarily mean you're getting revelation. Come revelation comes when you hear the word with your voice, and you begin to say, yes, that's mine. Yes, I believe that. And you ignore your mind saying, well, how can that be? How can that be? And it doesn't matter how it can be. I just believe it's mine. I believe it's true. I believe it's real. Amen. The more you and I learn how to bypass our mind, the better off life gets. So it's sown in our heart. That's the ground in which the word is able to grow and produce the will of God by hearing. Now get this. Once the word seed is in our heart, it has the potential. It has the potential. It has the potential to create the will of God in our life. It's not automatic. That's why there's two steps and not one. The first step is to get the word in our heart. Then there's the next step that's going to activate that word and create the will of God. Now go on over here to Luke chapter 5. You were in chapter 8, is that correct? Yes. Now you just go back a couple pages to Luke 5. So hearing the word of God is the first step. If you don't take the first step, it, you, nothing's going to happen when you take the second. That's when people are speaking words without power. Because the power source is the word of God. Remember, yes. Hebrews 4.12 says that the word of God is quick and powerful. And sharper than to any two-edged sword. Hallelujah. So here in Luke 5, check this out, verse 15. And there was so much more that went there of a fame abroad of him. And that's when great crowds or, or great multitudes began to listen to Jesus. And it says, and great multitudes came together to do what? Yeah. To do what? Here. And then from hearing what happens and to be healed of their infirmities. You see, God wants, excuse me, most people want God to do something for us without us first hearing. Just do it, Lord. Come on. You're God. You can do anything. No, he can't. He can't override our will. He can't override our decision-making, right? If he could, we'd all be saved and out of here. But that hasn't happened yet because it's up to us to choose him. Remember, God always responds to us, the individual, because he put within our being that power of choice. We call it a free will. Hallelujah. 
And again, we control that so we can change that. We're all working on being more and more willing to allow God. So notice that hearing is the first step to creating healing in a person's body. Hear and be healed. Hear and be healed. Hear and be healed. Amen? Now let's look at an example of this. Let's go to Acts chapter 14. I'll tell you, this first step takes the most time. Because once you have the potential to release power, that's, that's easy. That's easy. But you and I must take the time to get it in our heart. When you ever ask God, why aren't you doing this in my life? You should start thinking this way. What seed do I need? And then work on getting it in my heart. Amen? And don't let your mind, you know, say, well, you know that. Well, I'm not trying to know it. That's not my objective. I'm not trying to know the scripture. I'm trying to believe the scripture. Amen. Amen. Right? Yes. Knowing a scripture is your mind at work. Believing the scripture is your heart at work. And you want to get to a place to believing it. Yes. Now, check this out. This is talking about the Apostle Paul, Acts 14, 7. And there, in this city in which he had come to, he preached the gospel. Now, simply put, the gospel is Jesus saves, Jesus heals, and Jesus delivers. That's the simplicity of the gospel. So when he's preaching the gospel, he's telling everybody in the audience that Jesus has saved you, Jesus has healed you, Jesus has delivered you. Amen. You just have to receive it. Okay? Now, so here he is preaching the word of God, so he's throwing seed out into the audience. That's what preaching is. That's what teaching is. It's the word seed being thrown out into the air. And if people will believe it, it gets sown into their heart. Amen. Amen. Yes. That's why we need to continually be under the sound of his voice, under the sound of the voice of his word. Okay? And so here in verse 8, there sat a certain man. Again, when you see certain in King James, it means it's a real individual. You'll meet this guy in heaven. So he's preaching in Lystra, and this man was impotent. He was crippled in his feet, and he had been in this condition from his mother's womb. Who had never walked. So obviously, he has to be carried everywhere he goes. And he was carried to this meeting. Again, this is a depiction of you and I inviting people to church. This guy is crippled. He couldn't come to the meeting on his own. And those out there in the world are crippled in their spirit, and they are not going to come. They need someone to carry them. They need somebody to carry them to church, whatever that means for that individual. The same, verse 9, the same, this is the crippled man, 
He did what? He heard Paul speak. What did he hear Paul speak? Huh? The gospel, the word. Amen. So what's the potential there? Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Hallelujah. So the same heard Paul speak, and then he steadfastly beholded him. So Paul, the Holy Spirit showed this man, drew attention to this man, and he began to look at this man, and it says, and he perceived. That's something we do with our spirit. He perceived that this crippled man had faith to what? To be healed. So what has happened in these three verses? This crippled man came under the sound of God's word, the word seed. He heard it, and then he believed it because it, he, he has faith. You can't have faith without having the word in your heart. So, the word was preached. The word of healing, right? The gospel, saved, healed, delivered. The gospel, which contains that word of healing, was sown in his heart. So he then had potential to be healed. We've got to get that. He had the potential the, the, the word seed is in the soil of his heart and that potential for it to be germinated is now available to this man. So the potential for his miracle is now available to him. But as of verse 9, guess what? He's not healed. Now here's a sad truth. There's many of us Christians that have the Word of God in our heart and have the potential for that Word seed to reproduce itself and create God's will in our life, yet it remains dormant because we don't know how to release the power of that Word seed. Remember I told you that the Lord spoke to my heart years ago and said, how many word seeds do you think you have in your heart that have yet to bear and to create the will of God in your life? You know, the Lord isn't always throwing flowers at us when he talks to us. You know, you know what I'm saying? He, he does correct. He does reprimand. Hallelujah. Thank goodness. That means he loves us. That's right. For whom the Lord loves, he does what? He corrects. Yep. Boy, does he love me. <laughs> Man, I must be his favorite. Because he's always pointing things out I need to correct. Amen? Amen? So I wanted you to see this. This man has now taken the first step. But he still doesn't have his miracle. As of verse 9. He's got faith to be healed, but he's not healed. Hallelujah. 
So how do I release the potential, the power? How do I release the power of the word seed in my heart to create? How do I do that? All right, go on over to Romans chapter 10, verse 8. You realize that every time we come together, it is my plan to finish. You know that, right? But I committed my tongue to the Lord before I got up here. And so I'm doing my best and, and earnestly seeking to say all that he wants me to say at this moment in time. So we can't put a stopwatch on it, can we? Romans chapter 10, verse 8. Now you're going to see three times in the next three verses, 8, 9, and 10, that'll talk about the Word of God being in two places. And those two places are the two steps to release creative power or words of power to create God's, to create God's will in our life. All right? So we know number one has to do with the heart. The word of God has to get, get into our heart. And that's one of the words that's repeated three times. Verse 8. Now remember what I said to you. Which time? Uh, the time? The time that I said that many times the King James says things in reverse. Now, it was said correctly in the original tongue. But through interpretation and translation, it gets reversed. All right? So thus is the case for verse 8, and such is the case for verse 9, but they get it right in verse 10. <laughs> Hallelujah. They just, you know, try, try it again, and they finally got it. Amen. It's like the, the little engine that could finally got over the hill. Notice verse 9, excuse me, verse 8. It says, what saith it? The word, and that's talking about the Bible, is where? Near you. Now, it's going to say it in reverse. It should say, in your heart and in your mouth. The heart is always first, because that's the ground. And that's where the word is sown. Do you see that? So it should say, even in your heart, and in your mouth. So those are the two locations that the Word of God must be to create the will of God in our life, to speak words of power. Yes. Now, notice, remember we talked about continuity with the Word of God, agreement with the Word of God. Notice it calls the Word of God, the Bible, the Word of Faith. Amen. The Word of of faith. That's like saying the water is wet. It's water, and one of its characteristics is wetness. <laughs> like, I don't know if that's a word or not, but you, you get what I'm saying? So when you get the word, you get the characteristic of the word, a byproduct, the fruit of the word is faith. And that's why those words are synonymous. Is that, did I pronounce that right? Anybody know how to say that? 
see, if God can use someone like me, he can, well, use a donkey. I mean, that's good enough for me, right? He can use somebody at any level. So here, that's why the word and faith agree. Oh, I wish I had faith. Get the word. I feel like my faith is weak. Get the word. Because that's a byproduct. The word births faith in our heart. Amen? So it's the word of faith. You can't have faith without the word. You can't have the word without faith. Right? How can I know when I'm in faith when I pray? Well, is the word involved in your prayer? Well, no, I just asked for my desire. Well, you need, a, you need faith. So you have to have the word. Amen? Amen? Doesn't this answer a lot of questions why a lot of our prayers didn't get answered? They were sincere. They, they were something that we desired or needed or wanted in the prayer. But did you have that which could create the will of God in your life? Did you have the word? If he abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. We could read that scripture this way. If you abide in me and faith abides in your heart, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. When I put faith in there, it's like saying the word. But it changes how we can look at that verse, doesn't it? I'm asking in faith. I'm asking according to the word. Hallelujah. So here we go. So notice that the word of God is two places. It's in the heart and in the mouth. It's in the heart and it's in the mouth. These are the two places the word of God must be to create the will of God in our life. Now go to the next verse. This is Romans 10, 9. This is in terms of creating salvation in our life. This is how uh, salvation, which is already purchased, this is how we receive it and birth it and create it in our life through a word of power. Yes. Notice it says, and again, it's reversed, so we'll read it this way, that if you shall believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus... You shall be saved. Amen. Now notice, number one, the word has to be where? In your heart. That means that you believe. That's what that word heart and believe mean. They're both talking about the same part that's believing and trusting in God. Amen. All right? So in order to be saved, you have to believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead. When you believe that, now that word seed is now in the soil of your heart, and you currently, at that moment in time, you have the ability to be saved. Yes. Better said, you have the potential to create salvation. Come on. Remember, everything that we receive from God is a creation in us. It's a creation of the word seed. That's why you're a new 
creature or a new creation when you're saved because you just got birthed. Your healing gets birthed from the heavenly realm into the natural realm being your body. Begin to look at it that way and that helps us to see that we need the seed to create the birthing. That's what germination is. It's the, it's the, it's the birthing of the creativity of the seed to create itself again. All right. So, what did I do to be saved? What did I believe to create salvation? That God raised Jesus from the dead. That's why it's so vital and so important that the church preaches the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because you can't be saved without believing it. Because our salvation is encompassed and is a part and was made available to us through and by the resurrection of Jesus. Because his resurrection is what paid the price for our salvation, but also at the same time defeated our enemy who was withholding it from us. And that's why we have to believe that God has raised Jesus from the dead. But just believing that and having that in our heart doesn't create salvation. Because that's only one step. You're only believing in your heart. That's why you have to confess Jesus as your Lord to birth that seed and bring your faith from a dormant state to an active, creative state. Amen. The same thing was going on with the crippled, remember? He had faith to be healed, but he yet was not healed. Why? He had to take step two. So step two is that the power of the word seed that's in our heart must be spoken. Actually, you're saying what you believe in your heart. Remember, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so in order to bring the, the creative power to that seed that's in us, we have to say what we believe that's in our heart. That's what, when God said, light be, he was just saying what he believed in his heart. Amen. And from his heart, the words that he spoke, it released that creative power that was already in him before he spoke. He released it and it created. The same is true with our salvation. We believe in our heart about Jesus. We believe that he was the Son of God. We believe that he was God in flesh. We believe that he died for our sins. We believe that God raised him from the dead. And so when we confessed him as Lord, we were releasing what we believed, and it created our salvation. Salvation is received by speaking a word of power. I think we can all relate to that. So step number two. The power of the word seated in our heart must be spoken to release its creativity. Amen. So what did we say to create salvation? It says that we confessed with our mouth, 
Lord Jesus or Jesus as Lord or Jesus is my Lord. They all mean that when you say Jesus is Lord or you call him Lord Jesus, you're declaring him as your Lord. Why would I go up to a person and call them Lord unless I believe they were Lord? There's no one else in the world that you've called Lord, I trust. Maybe in royalty circles, that may be true. But you, you, don't, you don't bow your knee to a man or a woman and worship them. Do you? No. So in calling him Lord is actually bowing your knee to him and putting yourself under him. And when you do that, you're saying what you believe about him, and it creates salvation in our heart. We'll see it over here in verse 10. And I don't have to change the order of this verse. This is exactly what happened when you and I received Jesus, verse 10. For with the heart. With what? The heart. Remember the word's got to be where? In our heart and in our mouth. If you believe with your heart, you believe unto right standing with God. And with the mouth, what you say about what you believe creates salvation. The New King James says, and with the mouth, confession is made unto or is create, creates salvation. So saying what you believe in your heart about Jesus creates salvation in your life. Now get this. When an individual believes the word of God, that particular word seed is sown and now is resident in the soil of their heart. Now they have the potential to create that particular promise in their life. And when they confess what they believe, that second step takes place. And it's like you're saying, light be. You're speaking a word of power. You're creating salvation. Jesus is Lord. Boom. You spoke what you believe from your heart. Creative power is released. And you're born again. Hallelujah. Confessing what you believe from the word of God creates it in our life. Now you understand that the reciprocal is true as well. If I say the opposite of what God says in his word, I withhold the blessing from my life. That's why negative people have a tough time going in life because they're always speaking what they feel. They're always speaking what they feel and that gives it permission to remain in their life. But if we'll do what God did and we'll deny the right of what we're seeing, if we deny the right of what we're feeling, if we finally get tired of putting up with all this that's going on in our life and we dare to contradict it, we take the time to get the word in our heart and we begin believing that word is ours that Jesus has provided for us. And when we speak to that which is not, it will be. Amen. Yes. That's what God called calling those things that be not Amen. 
as though they were. That's what he did when he created life. He called that which he desired in the midst of that which was not, and it became what he said. Amen. Yes. Woo! <laughs> now, write this statement down. Write this statement down. I wrote this down in my Bible close to 40, uh, probably 40, 40 years ago. Faith's confession creates reality. Faith's confession, that means saying what you believe according to the word of God, does what? It creates reality. We can say the word's confession. Confessing the word creates reality. Remember, faith and the word are the same. Confessing the word creates reality. Now, there'll become a time where we can become so saturated with the word in our heart that you're only going to have to speak one time to something. Come on. And it's going to change. Yeah. Amen. I remember uh, my mom was um, being kept alive in the hospital for, for a period of time. And I went, to, uh, I went to pray for her and raise her up from what the doctors were saying was her deathbed. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to do that because my mom willed to go home. She was homesick. She wanted to see my father. I had been gone from her life for almost 40 years. And she, she was just weary. But in two weeks' time, I spent a lot of time just meditating and speaking the word of God. And I had the word of healing in my heart in a big way. And I remember coming home in the airplane and I don't know if it was the altitude of the flight, I don't know what it was, but I got this headache, this massive headache. I wouldn't call it a migraine, but it was, you know, it was very uncomfortable. And I just said out loud, headache, leave now in Jesus' name. It was gone. It can get that way for you and I. I can get back to that place. You can get to that place. We're just so saturated that when something contradicts what we believe, we just speak, and there it goes. Amen? We can do that to poverty. We can say that to worry. We can say that to fear. We can say it to any unwanted circumstance that's contradicting the Word of God in our life. We can speak that creative word, that word that releases power, and it has to bow its knee to that word. Because it's as if God is speaking. Because you have his word. You're simply putting it in your heart. Which brings his life, his creativity in you. And you're just releasing what God has already put in that word seed. And it comes to pass. Now. When you and I say what God says about us, 
God is then able to create that in our life. That is the fruit of speaking words of power. And understand that he can only do for you and I proportionate to what we believe and say concerning the promises that he's given us. Again, he puts the ball in our court. We can have as much of what he's given us as we want, right? We can have as much of it as we want. But we have to operate by the laws of the kingdom. We got to get the word where? We got to get it in our heart, and then we have to release it by, by speaking. Get it in your mouth. And understand, when you're speaking, you're believing that it's being created for you. Amen. Father, thank you tonight. I know that for some, this seems so simple. Well, isn't a seed simplistic, yet so complex in what it creates? It's just this little round thing in most cases. And yet this little round hard shell within it has the creativity and the power to produce itself. And that's how your word works. When we get it in our heart, then that seed that is creative in nature is now in soil. And when we release it, believing that what we're saying is coming to pass, its creativity is released, and it begins immediately in recreating itself in our own personal life. It's miraculous. But you know, we're just the receptacle. We're just the ground. And we're just releasing its power by what we say believing. Help us to, to see ourselves turning situations and circumstances around in our life by simply getting the word seed in our heart, and then releasing it with our mouth, believing that's being created for me. And as we just hold that position, believing it's being created for us, and continue to say, yeah, I have that, that it will come into a fullness, it'll be birthed, where we'll be able to enjoy it in this seen realm. That which was unseen becomes a part of our physical, natural life. Lord, we, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everyone believe and said? Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for coming out tonight. You guys are awesome. Yes, we did finish. It is a Christmas miracle. We love you. See you.